Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Undying Light. I am your host, Alex, and I am with you for this uh, semi-bonus episode, if you would. And basically, this is kind of the way I've looked at it. As I record this episode, it has been a busy December. It has been a busy um, year. And I didn't want to quite jump back into uh, doing New Testament studies on eschatology just quite yet. So I am just going to rock out a little episode just to kind of rant on some topics that seems to be um, kind of bugging me. And uh, just kind of want to go through some stuff in my head and kind of unpack it and discuss about a couple things. Um, so we'll probably be talking across a few different topics on this episode, uh, and then next Friday we will dive back into uh, eschatology. We are going to look at the Olivet Discourse um, from Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and we're going to compare and contrast those uh, we will be looking at the text and unpacking those verses and talking about what is Jesus really saying here about the end of times. So that will be the next handful of weeks. And then we will look at some Pauline eschatology as well after we get done with the gospel section. So uh, again, no real definitive time frame. Um, I don't have, uh, you know, a set amount of um episodes laid out for this particular for this set i'm just going to kind of uh go through it and i think when i have exhausted the content then we will um conclude and move on and then we'll get to the pauline stuff and then we'll get into revelation as well so uh, and then we will wrap up that series so it's been pretty good and got a lot of good feedback and i feel like it has been productive and people have really enjoyed it and 
it uh, it's been good for me because it helps to examine scripture and to unpack it from a biblical perspective. So we're going to do that next week. But today it's going to kind of be a rantathon, yeah, kind of a bonus episode post Christmas. Uh, got a lot of things on my mind that I want to talk about. So uh, I'm going to cover a couple things before we get in, and then we will be ranting away. So one of the couple things um, that I haven't really discussed much through the Christmas series or uh, really on the last few episodes of the um, uh, eschatology in the Old Testament is I want to go over and touch base um, on the couple of things. First of all, this is a listener-sponsored uh, podcast, so those who contribute to this ministry uh, help fund it. And uh, you can join us through Patron, and through that we have um, many different things that I am doing for that particular part of the ministry for those who contribute through Patreon. So if you want to help contribute, you can do so for as low as a dollar a month. That would get you access to all of the things I do behind the scenes with this show and then many other things such as Bible studies and um, private chat servers and things of that nature so uh, also all of my written content for sermons and things like that go uh, to into their hands and their eyes only so that is one of the biggest things that helps move this show forward and grows this ministry the other couple things are is you can also get undying light merchandise the link is in my bio you can go and grab shirts sweatshirts and all sorts of different types of apparel with the undying light logo on it so if you're interested check that out some really nice gear i love my sweatshirt i think it's really really cool and it's great quality and of course if you're looking for good um, bible software logos bible software is the stuff i use it is the my opinion the best package you can get out there on the market Uh, accordance is good but i like logos better and uh, so you could check that out as well. The link is in my bio or you can go to logos.com forward slash undying light. So I know I had made a comment uh, a while back that I was going to do drop ins for like commercials uh, on those things in the middle of the show. And I might still do that. Um, I actually probably will as we before we get into next Friday's episode. Uh, but because this one was kind of spur of the moment. And it really, um, I'm just going to you know drop these couple minute reminders at the beginning of the show. So a little bit of an update. Um, I am now in full-time ministry. I have been called to a church in Iowa where I am a full-time pastor now. And so my life will be uh, immersed fully into the church. Everything I do is for the church now. So I am leading a church body um, that uh, has 150 rostered members and average attendance uh, pre-COVID was up in the 80s. With COVID, we're down around 50 to 60. So pretty good numbers. Um, It's a good, healthy church. It's a beautiful town, uh, very small community. So it's unlike the suburbs of Chicago where I used to live. So the month of December has been absolutely hectic, and I was amazed that I was still able to produce episodes and get them out on time for you, but uh, here we are. So we were moving, my wife my and I and our daughter 
from Illinois to Iowa, and now we are planting roots there. And so uh, that's why another reason why I didn't want to get too deep into a big study that I just was not mentally prepared for for this Friday. So this week is just a rant thon We've got uh, a couple of topics that I'm just going to kind of um, pick my brain on, and, and we're going to go through it and see how this turns out. I don't know if this will be a great episode. I haven't done one of these in a long time, and usually I have a co-host with me, but uh, unfortunately I don't have anybody on the call today. So um, Anthony and I will have an episode that will drop on uh, the 31st. We are going to work on getting that episode recorded and produced for you as well so we can wrap out December. Um, With that said, uh, my... First thing that I just kind of bugs me um, about this particular season is uh, the legalism that comes in Christianity. And what I mean by that is we just wrapped up Christmas um, just a few days ago. And as Christmas wraps up, this is the biggest thing that really just aggravates me. I got so many comments on my page about how I was, um, uh, uh, I was deceived. I was um, not educated. Uh, I had one person call me an idiot, and my church should be ashamed of me. Uh, I had uh, people tell me to go back and reread my Bible simply because I said that there's no correlation between the pagans who worship trees and idols and Christians who put up Christmas lights and decorations. Yeah, yeah, that actually did happen. And the comments are still up on my page if you'd like to go read them. I haven't taken them down. Here's the problem. I did an episode, like my the first Christmas episode I talked about heavily around Christmas trees and the pagans and all that. And and even Nick from Christ is a Cure, I didn't get a chance yet to, to listen to it. I know he did an episode that was pretty similar. So there's a lot of people out there that take this topic on and we take it by the we take the bull by the horns because this is not something to tread lightly on. Now the text in Jeremiah that a lot of people love to reference is talking about literally going out to the forest, cutting down a tree sculpting it into something, and then worshiping it. Christians are not going out to a forest, cutting trees down, sculpting it into an idol, decorating it, and then worshiping it. That's just not what we do on Christmas. If you think we do, then you will obviously have a huge misconception of what happens at Christmas. What we do is we go get a tree, we decorate it, and it's just part of the scene. It's scenery. It's a decoration. We're not bowing down to it. We don't worship it. We don't offer sacrifices to it. It's simply a tree with some lights on it, people. And the fact that these trolls kept coming on my page, and sadly, you can't comment on my Instagram page unless you follow me. And so these people follow me. Some do for short periods of time just to troll me, and then they leave, and that's normal. But some of these people are long longtime followers, and they proceed to act like immature children. And the the fact of the matter is if you're going out for one on social media and you're attacking something that's not even secondary. This is like 
this is way down the the ringer here. And and again, these people would say it's not. These people would put it. These people would elevate it to the too close to the top of you know crucial doctrine in their books. But for the average Christian, they don't care. They don't care what you think. So if you're going to go out and hammer people about having a Christmas tree up, let me tell you what. Most of the people just aren't going to care about it. And frankly, I don't either. I put my tree up. I hung my stockings. I decorated my house. And guess what? I went to Christmas Eve service and I led a Christmas Eve service. I preached a Christmas Eve sermon. And I was home Christmas day with my wife and family and we prayed and we worshiped Christ and we talked about the birth of Christ and we that's what we do we didn't sit and bow before a tree or any of that jazz so that's the thing that's the thing that just aggravates me so much about you know these these camps these legalistic camps and they they go out and they attack you for 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 having fun with life. Um, I think it was Calvin or Spurgeon, one of the two, had said that there's no nowhere in the Bible that says that you can't have fun. And I'm paraphrasing that quote, but there's nowhere that says you can't have fun as a Christian. Live your life, enjoy it. You know, don't don't obviously live in sin and and be you know distant from God, but if you want to put a tree up and decorate your house and make it pretty, go for it. Go have fun. It's a great time. I love doing that kind of stuff with my family. You know, you create a culture and, and, and it brings joy and happiness into the house. And in a year where everything is just bizarre, you need it. You need some, some, a change of pace, a change of scenery. And yet, these people spend their time on social media attacking you because of what you you do in your house. Like, you're going to attack me because I put a Christmas tree up, guy. Okay. Okay. You know, it, it just is so bizarre. And... I want to I want to read the quote that I had from John MacArthur on my page. I'm going to bring up my Instagram page. All right, here's what John says. There is no connection between the worship of idols and the use of Christmas trees. We should not be anxious about baseless arguments against decorations. Rather, we should be focused on the Christ of Christmas and giving all diligence to remembering the real reason for the season. That's John MacArthur's quote. And I agree with it. And a lot of people who um, have done such, they agreed with me. Um, But here's somebody. I am sorry, but this post is absolutely ridiculous. First and foremost, John MacArthur says gifts of the Holy Spirit are not for today. Not about the topic at hand, but thank you. Uh, which is absolutely false doctrine. No, it's not false doctrine. Secondly, Christian is a pagan holiday, which is actually celebrating the birth of Nimrod, also known as Baal. His birthday is on December 25th. If you really study the origins of Christmas, you will see the pagan roots of and customs, as it, it was a day of uh, Saturnina, 
do not be conformed to this world or anything of it. And so I responded, thanks for your comment that has absolutely no substance and truth. Then unfollowing me, have a great day. So this person literally comes, follows me, and then leaves. They have no substance and, and truth, but yet they want to leave a comment. And they, you know, provide no... <laughs> nothing to the conversation whatsoever. And then of course there's the, the wonderful person who calls me an idiot. You can see their comments on that post as well. Um, I am not removing them and, uh, we're going to see if I have any more. So there was those two. And then I thought I had somebody else. They must've, um, true pagans still do not celebrate the Messiah's incarnation while most Christendom honors the day and gives thanks to God for sending his son. I'd rather much be in the camp of his brothers and sisters in Christ celebrating the Messiah's birth than in the camp of the pagans and unregenerate who don't. Well, that's pretty true, right? I would rather be there as well. I thought there was one more and it might have been removed. Um, but okay, but either way. Um, I had some DMs and things like that that were just, um, you know, obnoxious. And we, and I have friends, um, actually, Chris from Ezra Reads the Law. If you're not following his podcast, go do so. It'll it'll be it'll be worth your time. Um, he had some engagements with people around Christian uh, Christmas and, and and pagans and that too. And it's just. It's the same broken rhetoric every year. They use the same broken wheel. I mean, it's not even, it's like a square wheel. It just doesn't turn. And they think that they've got this creative and elaborate background story to why Christmas is pagan because they've watched some YouTube video that talks about, you know, this and that and this God from Egypt and this false God and this pagan ritual. It's no. It's, it's all ridiculous. It's all just smoke and mirrors. You know, if you actually look and go back and read a book, read history, you will see the early church fathers celebrated, I believe as early as the early 300s, if not even earlier, the birth of Christ. And I'm just doing this off the top of my head. It might have even been back into the 200s that they were celebrating the birth of Christ. Now, most Christians would understand that December 25th isn't the actual day of birth of Christ. We know that. We we do know that it was either sometime in late September or possibly early October. That's most general acceptance time frame. Some people put them into January, whatever. But the fact of the matter remains is that this has been an agreed upon date for probably the last 1700 years and you want to come on with your youtube video that you watched 20 minutes ago and you think you know the whole world go and do some history learning go grab a book i'll tell you what 2000 years of christ power is a great book to read go get some church history read it you won't you won't be disappointed and I know those who are actually listening to this episode um, aren't those individuals who go out and troll. And therefore, you're just probably 
rolling your eyes at my babbling on and on. But the problem with legalism is it's not just focused on Christmas. It's on so many issues. Like, for instance, I I have a really good friend of mine, and I'm not going to mention their name, but they, them and their family have been searching for a church, and they have gone from uh, church to church to church, and they just could not find the, the right place. And so uh, I believe it was last year they came to a place, a Baptist church, and they felt like this was a good place. They, it was good, sound doctrinal teaching, and they felt welcomed, and it was a good community of believers. And uh, they were going to... Uh, I forget whatever they call their, you know, like new congregate, congregate class or whatever they want to call them, new members class. And the pastor had asked them to all to, for the whole family to write down their testimony. And so this person and their children and their spouse wrote down their testimonies and pastor was looking at him. He goes, no, we can't accept these. You can't be a member here. These aren't good enough. We need more. You know, we need them to be more flashy, more pizzazz. I don't know if he actually used the word pizzazz, but I mean, he, he basically he was saying that these are too generic, too run of the mill. And that crushed this friend of mine. And see, that's the problem. We get so caught up in the legalities of Christianity that we miss the picture that Christ's redemption is sometimes so small and takes such a long time to unpack in a person's life that it may seem like it's not exciting to the outside world, but to the person it happens to, it is the greatest life-changing and eye-opening experience they have ever experienced. And that is for this person. And that is why legalism to me, and and Anthony and I have talked about it um, on one of our just most recent, one of our more recent episodes of Matter of Truth. We talked about uh, antinomialism and legalism. And, uh, you know, it's a topic that just breaks my heart because it's everywhere in Christianity. You know, we, 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 we talked pretty extensively and I'm sure we're going to get back on and have another part two, part three, part 10. It's a topic that doesn't go away. And it's something that we all face. <sighs> so enough about the Christmas stuff. Here's my next topic where I rant about just American Christianity in general. And, and this is coming down the chute of, People who utilize the imagery of Christ for personal gain or self-gain or they use Christ as a um, standing point or a crux to, to, to gain something for, them, for, for, for the ministry they lead. So for, let's break it down, right? So we have um, social media and we have a plethora of good sound biblical pages and um then we have obviously all of the false teachers that are out there spewing their ridiculous doctrines now the false t- false pages they have 
you know, some of them have up, you know, upwards of a million followers, you know, or, or more than that. Even these pages collectively, you know, outweigh the pages who are sound teachers. The popularity is present for those who are for are, are the false teachers. And that's the American Christianity. It's a stage performance. It's a circus act. You know, they're some of these big mega churches are drawing, you know, bringing helicopters in and or zip lining down or they're putting a giant couch on the stage for a movie night and or a basketball court uh, on the stage. Listen, if if it's a stage and there's props on it, chances are you're not at a church. Not to say that that every church that has a stage type setting is a bad church because, you know, a church I used to attend in Illinois, um, they have they it's a big area. So they put they made a big church and they've got a stage for the band and everything to be on. And and they've got a place for the pastor and the pastor preaches a biblical message every week. There's no gimmicks. There's no flashy circus performances. It's. Let's open your Bibles to this page, and this is what we're going to be talking about today. But most of these big churches, the ones that that garner massive social media attention and massive news attention, and they're they're everywhere. They produce books and they, you know, make music. All of this stuff. These are the ones that we have to be aware of, because they are twisting and distorting the Word of God. And it, it's for, for me, I mean, I've only been preaching full time for a month, but I've been doing in the church work for two years and I've been doing this podcast since early 2019. Uh, I think February, end of February or March will make two years for Undying Light to be a thing. So maybe we'll do a big two year celebration or something or giveaway. Um, but, uh, the thing that just gets me is how blatant these people's charges are with the gospel and how how just in your face obnoxious they get. I mean, we all know that they placate Jesus as a genie or, you know, they utilize these things, but it's getting to a point now where they just flat out reject aspects of Christ, you know, where they may say in one hand that, uh, Jesus wasn't fully man or wasn't fully God, or, you know, they try to disrupt the Trinity. That's another big thing that's been seem, seems to be going on lately. And, uh, is this discussion of the Trinity and a right view of it. And James White did a really good video on that, um, just recently. And you can catch clips on that on quite a few people's pages, but, Chris and I were talking about it before I started recording. I'm like, I am mentally not equipped for a Trinity discussion tonight. So I'm not going to dive into that rabbit hole. But the fact of the matter is, is these are things that are coming under fire again. And it's not that they're coming under fire. It's just, it's, it's literally what's happening is when these false teachers are up on stage and they're saying something, they are not being challenged. 
they're not being challenged by anybody. And that's alarming. You, you know, if, if you go to a Joel Osteen performance, I wouldn't even call it a service, and you stand up and try to challenge him, you will be escorted out by security and potentially arrested. I mean, not really breaking any laws, but I mean, seriously, these people are above and beyond what a biblical pastor is. Even these people like Mike Todd and all these other, you know, middle mainstream false teachers that are popular and have quite a bit of followers, but, you know, they're not in the book production circles like, you know, Benny Hinn and, and, uh, T.D. Jakes or Joyce Meyer or any of these other false teachers. I mean, they're garnering massive followings, massive followings. Let's look at this one here. So I'm going to pull up uh, Michael Todd here. That's his name, right? Michael Todd. So his Instagram page is called I Am Mike Todd. 1.3 million followers. 1.3 million. And he's a pastor at We Are Transformation Church, which, by the way, if you haven't heard, they had a quite a, a shake up this Christmas um, with their little Christmas promo. And that's absolutely just mind blowing that they would be that uh, that, they, that they can still be a church. It's like, go, go look up that and you'll, your eyes will just cringe with anger all right so i want to play this little clip um from i am mike todd and i don't i just want you to i'm gonna play it and i want you to hear it and then i want to i want to rant about it because this is the type of stuff that's infiltrating our churches now you can go watch this video it's not too far down on his feet he's uh it looks like he's at a graduation thing um, I, it's called Forgiveness University. I, it must have been a series he's done. I don't know. This is ridiculous. So, um, so listen to this and uh, just make sure you're sitting down. Crazy faith is unlocked while waiting. Uh oh, uh oh. This story would have been perfect for all of us if Abraham would have got the word on Tuesday. He started walking on Wednesday, got frustrated on Thursday, went to God and was like, What's up? He said, Look at those stars if you can. And then Saturday, he waited, and then Sunday, he got the blessing. It's not about the wait, how long the time it takes. It's about the wait, how you wait on God. You want me to serve administratively? You want me to serve my family? God, I'm at your service. It's not about the time. It's about the heart posture. And that's why God can't trust us with more because we're concerned about the wait and not the wait. So we ain't got no wait. Hold on, run that back. It's not about. Yeah. So what he's telling you here is that Abraham's heart posture isn't or wasn't correct for God to work in him. Abraham was too impatient. And so his message is telling us that we are to serve diligently in whatever we're called to do. And, and, and that's fine. But this whole language, it's, it's, 
and it's subtle. You have to be paying attention to it because it's not in your face, full blown heresy, kind of like a Benny Hinn or, you know, the Crouch or Paul Crouch or any of these other guys that are blatant, right? These, this new generation is subtle. God can't do X, Y, and Z. Like the Stephen Furtick bit. Even the Son of God couldn't. That stuff's straight up heresy. God can't do anything because of our heart condition. Well, Pharaoh must have missed that memo. And so what he's really trying to tell you in this little message is that if only God had worked things out right for Abraham, or if Abraham had only done this right, God would have done things differently. Look, if you read the text in Genesis about Abraham going up to the mountain to sacrifice his son, God was doing it out of fear and obedience to the Lord. It had nothing to do with Abraham's heart condition or anything like that. Abraham was obedient to God and he obeyed what God told him to do because he knew that God would take care of him. He knew that even if he had to sacrifice his only son, God would still provide for him. And so he took him up, took Isaac up to the mountain and laid him on the table and was about ready to offer him up as a sacrifice. And it seems like this little blimp is what just kind of escaped Mike Todd's head here. It has nothing to do with your heart condition. God does not and is not prevented from working because of who we are and what we do. We don't hinder God from doing anything. That's just that's just bad teaching. It's false teaching. The language is subtle and, and we have to be diligent and we have to have discernment and we have to be educated to understand what is rightful teaching. And what is false. And the thing is with a lot of these guys, they may say right things and they may do it, you know, 40, 50% of the time, but you don't hear a prophet in the Bible. You don't hear an apostle in the Bible only be right 50% of the time or 80% or 99%. Every single author in scripture is and was 100% correct, 100% of the time. Even when the apostles failed, they failed because Jesus allowed them to fail so they could be taught. But as they realized and came to know what the mission that Christ was putting on them and who Christ really was, the letters they wrote are infallible. And I'm not saying that me as a preacher will never make a mistake. I fumble over words all the time. Maybe not all the time, but you know, every so often I might, I might stumble on a word or I may have to correct myself in a sermon, but I, I am very meticulous when it comes to talking about doctrine and theology. And as Vody Bacham says, Your doctrine matters. Your theology matters. And if we're we're getting it from this guy, we're in trouble. 
If we're getting it from, you know, TBN or any or, or a lot of these mainstream social media pages, then we're in trouble. We I've done two episodes in the last year on the Ligonier report on Undying Light. Go look those episodes up and you'll get an understanding of just how disconnected the average American congregant is from right biblical teaching. And and it's and it it crosses so many platforms. It's not just the discussion of of the proper nature of Jesus Christ. Because I, I can tell you this, most people probably can't articulate the Trinity fluidly or coherently. They they may come up with weird analogies. And you know, the Trinity is a hard piece to, to tackle. But they also miss the ball when it comes to what is the sole purpose of Christianity? Why do we worship Jesus Christ? What is the purpose of his birth, death, and resurrection? What was his sole purpose on earth? Why did Christ have to come? I talked about all this stuff in my Christmas series. Why do we need Jesus Christ? And many people fail to answer that question. I came across somebody earlier talking about how uh, Jesus was a uh, a good example. No, he's he, he's not the example, or he's not an or an example. A A N right because E, you know the whole English language and all their weird wordings. But he is the example. He is the perfect example. He is the standard. Not an example. He is the standard that all must measure up to and that none can. That is the problem. See, these people make Jesus out to be an example. But Jesus is the standard. And not a single person can measure up to him. Not a single person can come toe-to-toe with him. And this is what we get on social media. There's, you know, blatant heresy being spewed everywhere. And, and don't you dare talk about it because you'll get reported. Don't you dare confront somebody because you'll get blocked and reported. Don't you dare utilize your page to talk about Christ and write biblical teaching because you'll get reported because you are hate speech. I'll tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, if you talk about Jesus Christ on your page, chances are at some point you may get blocked, banned, ghost, uh, shadow banned or whatever. I've had it happen to me numerous times because you will offend somebody. And that is a good thing. The gospel is offensive the true gospel. Because if I go to church and I hear a sermon and I'm not being killed by my sin during the ser- the pastor's sermon, if I'm not being killed by my sin and brought to life by the gospel, then he's doing a terrible job. If I'm not upset or offended or or if, if I'm not feeling emotions 
that caused me to say, I need a savior. I am broken. I am dead. Then he's doing a terrible job. If he's up on the stage, just giving me a hoorah, ha ha talk about how I'm this, you know, I'm just waiting on God's blessing and, and all I'm doing is, and and, and if I'm going to be waiting for God to move, then I should be changing my heart on my own. No, your heart's a deceitful, idle factory. I'll tell you what, take, do an experiment. Take an hour out of your day. Take a couple hours out of your day. Put away all technology. Step, step aside from your family. Go into a room that has nothing, no books, no technology, just, you know, a little sitting room. I don't know if you have that closet even. And just sit there for a little bit. And let your mind think and record what you're thinking. What thoughts come to your mind? Because I'm sure that after a while, they're probably mostly going to be sinful thoughts. When you're alone traveling on a business trip and you're away from your spouse, what are you thinking about? If you're a young kid and all of your buddies are pressuring you into this and that temptation, are you going to do it? problem is is we are sinful our hearts lead us to sin and that is why we need a savior and that is why christ is the standard and that is why christ came not because of all this other frivolous junk that gets peddled by these preachers i'm sick of it i'm absolutely sick of these people masquerading around and, and corrupting the name of christ for financial gain It's just absolutely ridiculous that these people can showboat, put on these performances, and get away with it. And nobody holds them accountable. Nobody stands up. And the problem is, is if you stand up on social media, here's what's going to happen. A couple things. Either you're going to get their, you know, their little uh, page monitors that are going to attack you. Two, you're going to get the guy who is going to say, well, did you reach out to them personally? Did you confront them personally? That's a big one I've noticed, which is that text is completely taken out of context, too. So or you're just going to get blocked completely because, see, these people are not above reproof. They're not above reproach. They should be engaged and yet they flee. And the, the other issue, too, with it is, is that if they do actually get into a theological conversation with somebody, their knowledge is lackluster. And they twist the scriptures they do know to fit the narrative that they push in their church. And that is just, to me, that is just the most frustrating thing about the American church. And this is the things that we are shoveling out into the rest of the world. I I seen a post from I, I'm going to forget it. Uh, it's a part of the SBC. Um, they did this tweet about Jesus being a, a refugee and all this, and it got a lot of backlash on Twitter. And somebody in India spoke up and said, "We 
don't have a lot of Christian teachers over here, but who we have over here are sound teachers and we don't want you peddling this junk to us. I mean, straight up tweeted that to them. And I, I gave them the little silent applause because there are good groups of people out there in the rest of the world that understand that what the American culture is shoving down the American church's gullet is false. See, you don't come to Christ to be rich. You don't come to Christ to live a lavish lifestyle. You come to Christ because you were dead and he's made you alive. You come to Christ because you have no other option for salvation. You come to Christ because there is nothing better. You don't come to him and use him to deceive your people and get a car or mansion. These people need to be removed from the pulpit. Sorry, they're not in a pulpit on this stage. They need to be thrown off of the stage, carried out of their church, and cast out onto the street. Every single one of these people. Because if you sell yourself out for the gospel, you're selling your soul. And you're selling the souls of your congregation to the devil. Because you're not up there preaching Christ. You're not up there preaching an authentic Jesus. You're up there preaching a different God. One that you've created in your own image. So I think for the last um, few minutes, last topic, uh, unless I get one that kind of pops in my head here, uh, a couple of people have requested my thoughts on theologians. Um, so give us some context to this here. I do a... Um, you know, ask me anything type day. Right. And every so often I'll throw these out and just answer random questions and it, and it never fails. Um, often I get questions about other pastors, other theologians, things like that. Most of the time I try to stay away from them. And, and I do it for this reason. Um, cause it's not, unless it's blatant, it's not necessarily my position to, talk ill and I'm again I I don't want to speak ill of any person I'm sure you know I've talked about Mike Todd tonight I'm sure Mike Todd is a wonderful man and I'm sure you know he's good, he's a loving father and a fantastic husband but his theology on the stage is what I'm judging him on and that is atrocious and so some of these people um, that I get asked about uh, some of them I may, I may know, I may not know. I, I really don't. Um, but some of them I do. And so I provide just a little snippet. The thing, the, the problem I run into is the chat screen, right? Is, is really small. So I can't really express fully my concerns, uh, or my thoughts on some people. Um, so for instance, Matt Chandler came up, uh, and, I th early on in my walk, I, I liked Matt. I thought he was great. And then I started to kind of see that he kind of swayed a little bit on the charismatic end. And um, I, that kind of started to, you know, take me away from it. It wasn't because I thought he was bad. I just, that's just not my cup of tea. Uh, and then I started to see him associate with some uh other people and make some wonky prophecies and things like that. The ghost ship thing was a big controversy for him. Uh, and and it's, it's like those little things. 
uh, his associations and, and that. I just, I, I tread lightly. I don't follow him. I don't listen to what he says. Um, and, and I, so I, I steer clear of that. Now, that's just me. You can make your own discernment. And if you want to go out and listen to him and discern and siffle, you know, shuffle through what he's saying to find a good nugget, then by all means do it. You know, I'm not saying that who I follow is a hundred percent true and right all the time. I've got my flaws. Um, but who I listen to, who I subscribe to, who I follow, that's, that fits my taste, my needs, because my needs are much different than most other people's. I need, I need a bit deeper academical knowledge. I need somebody to bring me more to the table than just a simple, you know, lighthearted sermon type preaching. And not to say that Matt does that either. Um, but you know, I, I, I cover a, a variety if you would. And so, and, and not, and again, not all people like all of the, the pastors that I follow and that's fine. But at the end of the day, who I follow is my choice. And if I don't like that person, that's just my opinion. I just don't follow. I don't listen to him. I don't listen to John Piper. I don't care for his preaching. Uh, I think he's got some, some issues and they're, um, kind of in same thing with, with, uh, Matt Chandler. Now people like David Platt, who have completely gone off the deep end into this CRT critical race theory pool, that should be raising red flags for anybody who is following him still get off of his page and stop posting his content. This guy is completely deceived. Somebody like Francis Chan, same thing, bought full into this. Both of these guys are, are, are peddling dangerous doctrine now. And yet people eat it up still. And that is, that is so concerning to me. And so I go back to this quote from Vody Bakum, you know, your doctrine matters. So what you know truly matters and how it will govern your life. Are you holding to a biblical perspective of the world? Or are you letting these famous preachers dictate what you know? I can't stress enough how much I want the 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 real church god's real church to rise up i would love nothing more than that but right now we're in the midst of of, of a great deception i don't want to say season of i hate that word that's another big thing in the these false teaching circles but i think that we're in the middle of just you know the weeding out of Biblical teaching and unbiblical teaching. We are we are in the midst of this massive pull to separate the sheep and the goats. And and I only say that because I feel like there's you know the, the pressure has been put on a lot of these mainstream preachers and they've stepped up their game on deception. They they have turned the dial up full blast and they're just going to town putting on the circus performances and bringing the elephants onto stage. 
bring in rappers, bringing in secular music, showing secular movies. They're having series like Game of Thrones, but it's, oh, it's from a Christian perspective. The two should never meet. Game of Thrones is not a Christian show that Christians should watch. It's garbage. It's softcore porn. And don't you dare try to DM me and justify it. Because you need to go to God and try to justify your sin to him. And that ain't going to work. Drives me nuts. How we sit here and try to justify our sin in front of a holy and just and righteous God. And these churches throw it down your throat. They say, it's okay. It's okay. It's fine. No big deal. Don't worry about it. God is okay with that. I'll tell you what, he's not. <sighs> this is... Uh, thank you for letting me rant. I can keep going for a long time, but I'm going to let you guys... Uh, I'm going to give you guys a zero break. And uh, I'm going to wrap this one up. We'll do another one. Maybe we'll do a... Uh, Get a group panel on sometime here after uh, January. We'll have a couple guys with me and we'll do a little rant a thon with them and we'll maybe just go for a while and see what happens with the time. So, um, so with that, ladies and gentlemen, next Friday we will dive back into the eschatology series and get this thing moving and finished up and move on to the next series, uh, which we will do a short series on the uh, less lesser known books of the Bible and, uh, and or characters um, of the Bible. So we're going to look at a couple books and a couple of the characters. So don't know if we're going to go, you know, do a, do a long series. I, th I think we'll keep it pretty short to do some, we'll just focus in on a few um, with that, but we'll probably do two months or in that month and a half or something. So, and then we're going to transition and we're going to go, uh, starting in the New Testament, we're going to go through verse by verse through the entire New Testament. So that is going to follow that series. So ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you hanging out with me and letting me rant and rave. And hopefully uh, uh, I didn't drive you away. <laughs> so with that, I will see you all next Friday. Have a great weekend and a great week. God bless. Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... 
you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at fifty to eighty percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 